We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right. Welcome back to the Butting Heads Podcast on Ramsock Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, best place to get any and all sports podcasts, and we are sponsored by TickPick. If you're looking to get tickets to any Rams game, check out TickPick, the original no-fee ticket website. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, given all that's transpired in the last, what, 36 hours, you know, the Rams had a bad uh, not bad, a a not great defensive performance anchored by tro- poor play from Troy Reader. They had a ton of issues in special teams, and now they traded Kenny Young, adding to their lack of depth at the inside linebacker position. It's almost like this team listens to this podcast and just wants us to have the most fucking on-brand show we could ever record, uh, given all the news that's come out. I especially realize how much lack of faith we have in this inside linebacker core. And just when we're finally starting to see what they see in Kenny Young, they're like, ah, fuck it, let's trade him. <laughs> and <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I when, when I first saw news break in this, I just... I, I'm trying to find the angle in which I get out of this. And I I kind of understand in a way, but something needs to happen in order for this to make sense. Because even with the explanation that Sean McVay, you know, had in the press conference, uh, that it was a purely driven move, <laughs> it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, worth noting, we're recording this. It is 7.20 Pacific time. I don't know if another move is going to happen today or before the podcast releases. I will try to put a timestamp in the podcast in case everything we're about to say about Kenny Young becomes irrelevant and you don't want to listen to it because, like like you said, so just to lay out the context for anyone who isn't fully aware of what transpired with this trade, uh, Monday afternoon, the Rams... Traded starting inside linebacker Kenny Young and a seventh round pick to Denver for a sixth round pick. I mean, this is uh, as clear a cap dump as they come. The Rams are going to move up, like at best, what forty spots or so in the the like the outer reaches of the NFL draft. Sixth round that Denver pick will probably be a early to mid sixth round pick. Our pick will probably be a late seventh. So I mean, it's a, it's a sizable leap in numbers wise, but kind of irrelevant given what round we're in. Like very rarely do like 
maybe like four or five relevant players come out of each of those rounds every year, if that. So it, it's clearly a cap dump. They save about $1.5 million in the trade. Les Snead said as much. He called it a financially driven decision, said it was a tough decision to make. And I, I kind of forgot about this too, but if you didn't see this either, a couple days ago the Rams restructured Rob Havenstein's contract, saved about $3 million. So they've opened up about $4.5 million in cap space, which which is a sizable amount. And I, I agree with you. Before we talk about the, the, the roster implications of, of the Kenny Young not being there and taking away from taking away the best player in the weakest position on the depth chart, it, yeah, something has to be coming. A lot of apt comparisons have been made today to the Marcus Peters trade when that went down a couple years ago. Ironically enough, we got Kenny Young in that trade, and, um, you know, it seemed fairly obvious. Well, maybe not at the time because Peters was a more volatile player. Um, It it felt like something was going to happen, and then a couple hours later, the Jalen Ramsey trade happened. Nothing has happened yet as of right now, but something has to be coming, right? And to move Kenny Young of all, like, not, not, and a lot of people have also importantly noted online that they the Rams traded Kenny Young. You know, it's been a pretty negative reaction to the trade, as it should be if nothing else happens. But he is a, at best, average inside linebacker. Um, and it's not the end of the world, even if they don't get anything back. But uh, it, something has to be coming from this to cap dump a player for, for that little of a salary where the only way it could be really meaningful impact on Stan Kroenke's bottom line is if it frees them up to bring in another player, which I would imagine based on the team would be either a better inside linebacker or a cornerback, or maybe there's somebody that's just really talented out there that's available that we don't know. Yeah, I I have to imagine that there has to be some sort of target here. And personally, I'm hoping for Miles Jack. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I'm hoping for it. I highly doubt it happens because I imagine it's gonna take, you know, money that the Rams don't have. So yeah, I, I highly doubt that that comes. But um, I'd imagine that there'd be at least some sort of either inside linebacker replacement or. You know, cornerback is is definitely lacking depth at the moment, so that's that's another option. I it's hard to say. I Kenny Young, I I felt like was someone that was pretty serviceable, especially this past game uh, against the Detroit Lions. He had a pretty decent game. Um, yeah, and then to see him just traded all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, this is weird, but. Yeah, it's 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 really weird to see, uh, you know, nothing come of this. I would sincerely hope that something comes of it, but yeah, my my hope is Miles Jack, even though it's very unlikely. Yeah, well, I mean, if I've learned anything from last needs tenure, it's that salaries don't matter, and uh, you know, maybe they could figure out a way to get Miles Jack on the roster somehow. That'd be great. I wouldn't be shocked though either if. They, you know, given how the cornerbacks have been, this results in them making a move for a cornerback. I don't know who, but if you could upgrade another position of need at the cost of downgrading from Kenny Young to Ernest Jones, who you drafted on day two and you like, I think that's okay. But but something has to be the result of it because even if you decided for God knows why that uh, you're done with Kenny Young and you just want to play Ernest Jones, and you think it might cause a problem if Kenny Young's still on the roster, when you make that decision, like, it would be a weird, like, I think if you wanted to just play Ernest Jones, you just play him. You don't have to trade Kenny Young, uh, unless there is something coming. And so the trade deadline is a week away, right? We might not have something come this week. We might have to wait till next week for it. But I, I, I'd be really shocked if nothing happened. But let's just say, for the sake of conversation, because we don't know who they're going after, they don't bring in another inside linebacker. 
it's clearly going to be uh, Troy Reader, who just played the worst game of his career, and next to him is either going to be Ernest Jones, our third-round rookie pick, or Traven Howard, who has been floating around the roster for a while, had some injuries, got some playing time. I think what, back in 2019 um, you know, wasn't incredible, but we've had worse linebacker performances than him in the last couple of years. I mean, take Kenny Young out of the equation. Take the fact that we just gave him away out of the equation. Do you feel that the other two guys can come in and hold down the fort enough for the defense to not really fall apart completely? Because it's already fallen apart a little bit. But So, like, we still have a tire even if it's a little busted. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Kenny Young is someone that that was serviceable, but he's not like he wasn't obviously a key component of his defense. That being said, Ernest Jones um, is someone we don't know how he will do. He's a rookie, and I imagine there'll be some growing pains along the way. So Ernest Jones, I think, will likely at least uh, take some of the snaps there. And, and then as far as Troy reader goes, it'll terrify me if Troy will lead inside linebacker. I, I think Troy reader is, is someone that does very decent in certain instances, but he's certainly not an, a starting inside linebacker at, at best. He's a decent, uh, backup and that's it. Um, Hell of a special team player. Uh, don't don't look at last night's performance. We'll, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> oh boy, Trevor is going to have a fun mess <laughs> on this podcast. The, the man single handedly um, just like if you ever wondered why hands teams exist in the NFL or a, or any level of football, you saw it with Troy Reader trying to recover that onside kick. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, it, it's just it's bizarre to me, honestly. The uh, the the idea that Troy Reader, after the performance he had this past week, may be our starter. Uh, as for Traven Howard, though, um, I mean the guy didn't even make the the roster, the active roster, I should say, uh, week one. Why would I be at all confident that this guy is going to be our starter? if he like leaps over Ernest Jones. So I don't know, maybe there is a plan along the way. Maybe they do uh, find a trade partner to bring in another inside linebacker or, you know, they find a free agent that I, I'm not aware of that can do a better job of than uh, Kenny Young. But it, it is a bit of a concern because uh, while Kenny Young may have not been the best, he certainly, I will say, was better than what we currently have, at least from what we know of at the moment. It, it, the, Ram, the Rams, man, they're good this year. We're going to be a Super Bowl contender. you got to get out and see this team play. And if you're looking to acquire tickets to go watch this team, go find Rams tickets. The best place to do it is Tick Pick. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. It's the original no-fee ticket site. Everyone hates those fees. You have no idea what they mean. Tick pick. They're not even going to give you fees. They're going to give you the prices as is, as you're going to pay for them. It's your go. It's my go-to, and it's going to be your go-to place for all NFL tickets. They are the office service fees, other ticket charges site, and it lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you think you could go on another website, any of them, and find better prices for the same seats, TickPick will give you a 110% of the difference in your purchase price, meaning they will actually take money off their offer because you are giving them a better price because they're so confident that it doesn't exist that you're going to get the best prices on TickPick. I mean, let's imagine going to this game and be so excited. And now I'm even looking at going into SoFi, flying out to L.A., getting the full experience, seeing our boys play in person with all of you, with all of our fans out in the California area. And you bet if I do that, I'm going to be planning to get my tickets using TickPick. And I'll be giving you the same discount that I'm going to be using on this website. So head over to TickPick.com slash RTR 
and use our promo code again rtr that's the promo code so three letters you're gonna save ten dollars on your first pair of rams tickets uh, on TickPick. and as we know you're gonna keep winning they're gonna never lose another game so you're gonna be wanting to be in attendance for all of these wins down the pipeline avoid getting screwed quite frankly on these hidden ticket fees and get the best price you possibly can with tick pick p-i-c-k p-i-c-k <laughs> yeah he was clearly their best linebacker this season uh there's no question about that i i think that you know by the end of the season should they not bring in anyone else i think ernest jones could get to the level Kenny Young was playing at or close to it at least, you know, because it's not like Kenny Young was lighting the world on fire. He was playing fine. Like he was playing fine, which, which is fine. Uh, fine, 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 fine. He, I, I, I think Ernest Jones can get there, but there's certainly going to be some growing pains uh, because he's a third round pick. If he, if he, if there wasn't going to be any growing, growing pains with him as a player, he would have been a first round pick. So it, it's a good week for him to get thrown to the Wolves against Houston this week, and then it's going to be rough when we play Tennessee and Green Bay. I, uh, no matter who, even if they didn't trade Kenny Young, those matches would have been rough for this unit. But I, I'm cautiously optimistic that he can fill the gap, but it's going to take a little time, and it's going to take reps, and it's going to be frustrating at times, I'm sure. I don't get the Traven Howard pipe. Like, people talk about this, and no disrespect to him, like, I hope he, if he's the guy they choose, I hope he's great. People talk about him like he's a sure thing. Like, it's like, oh, Tra- we have Traven Howard. He's going to be fine. What what fucking evidence do we have that this guy's going to be fine? If he was that good enough that, like, we can plug and play him in, he would have beaten out these vi- not great starting inside linebackers that we've had this year. Like, he would have taken their jobs in the preseason if he was as good as people say he is. I, I don't get, like what evidence people have that he's going to be a stellar contributor to this team when he couldn't beat out Troy Reader or Kenny Young for a starting job. He's never – he hasn't proven anything in the NFL. And, you know, like you said, he, they, they they didn't even activate him a couple times. So, Steve, there is plenty of evidence if you go back two years ago in training camp. <laughs> not, not even pre, preseason, but training camp. The evidence. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I mean, we'll see. Like, he's there. You know, they they still have him on the roster for a reason. But I just think if he was as good as people talk about, I mean, he'd be playing. Another thing to consider is the the Denver Broncos, um, who obviously are desperate need of linebackers. Uh, they they took Micah Kaiser from the roster, and they could have taken Traven Howard. Just saying. <laughs> well, they could have traded for Traven Howard. He didn't. He didn't get cut this year. He was on the team. No, he, well, he was on the practice squad. No, no, no. He made the roster. Micah Kaiser was oh, on the he? practice squad. Yeah. Ah, uh, I thought I thought he I thought he was on the practice squad this whole time. He 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 no he he definitely made the team, um. But I you probably saw he was inactive or something a couple games. He no, he for sure, for sure yeah he for sure made the roster. Micah Kaiser didn't. He got signed to our practice squad and then poached by Denver, uh, during their plague of injuries. And now Kenny Young is gonna take his job again. Poor guy. Oh wow. <laughs> Don't tell him on Twitter that we mentioned him on the podcast. Um, okay, let's talk about this game. Or We'll save the injury stuff for later because I do want to talk about the game. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of players got banged up in this game. Uh, Jordan Fuller, Robert Rochelle, Sebastian Joseph Day, Tara Lewis, Andrew Whitworth. Nothing seems too serious. Nobody's been put on the IR. A lot of these guys are expected to play this week, but... We could touch on it later if we want to because we have a lot to break down in this game. The Rams take care of Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions in the Goff-Stafford trade bowl, 28-19. Some accolades the Rams picked up in this game. They were the first team to trail against the Detroit Lions this year. Took seven games, uh, and the 6-1 Rams were the first team to trail against them. Uh, They were all losing heading into the fourth quarter. So, again, first team to be losing heading into any quarter 
against the Lions this year, and they did it twice. Um, I have a lot of complaints about this game, and a lot of people have had complaints. And obviously, like, the, the Rams are 6-1, okay? This is a team that we all believe will play into January and has the potential to play into February. But, you know, we saw some red flags in this game. There's a lot of things this team needs to tune up uh, to be able to go, for say, go into Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers in January or or any of the top teams in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC this year. The Rams, one of them. But uh, we, we certainly still some holes in this game. That being said, too, the Lions threw everything they had and then some at the Rams in this game. They played this game like uh, they were about to get relegated if they lost. And to all that, man, I would say, <laughs> well, I have a lot of issues, and we're going to talk about them. I'm impressed with the way the Rams, you know, still pulled out this game despite everything the Lions threw at them and how they, you know, responded to it. They were losing in the first quarter. They were losing in the fourth quarter. You know, they didn't touch the ball for a long time in this game. By the time they touched the ball for their first possession, they were down double digits. Uh, I love that they didn't get, you know, they didn't get rattled. They kept their composure. And even though we were losing deep into the game, I never felt like we were going to lose this game. There was never a moment where I was like, we're losing. Uh, And that's great because for years, I never felt like there was a moment that we were going to win games. Uh, And here we are in a game where we were losing most of the game, not that phase. Um, So, I mean, to start there, it's given how good of a game it was from Detroit overall, um, it was nice to see the Rams still be able to come out on top because they're clearly the better team here. Well, there's a reason why you never felt like the game was in jeopardy, and it's because it wasn't at all. And, and the funny thing is, when I because um, I actually watch this, I, I have a DVR set uh, whenever I can't watch the game uh, live. So um, I so happened to be on the road uh, from an Arizona trip uh, to a family reunion, and I was tracking the game, and I was frustrated seeing the score, especially in the fourth quarter. They're still trailing the Detroit Lions of all teams, and I'm like, there's something wrong here. You know, what's going on? And it's if you really look at the box score without any context whatsoever, you you tend to kind of shift over to overreacting a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong; it's still a concern. It's the Detroit Lions of all teams, so it, I, I'm not going to give the Rams a free pass here or anything. But one of the reasons why this never seemed out of reach was because. Well, quite frankly, it, it wasn't so much the uh, offense wasn't putting up enough points. Uh, in fact, it was really just the special teams that made this a huge issue, um, and and not so much, uh, not so much, you know, uh, you know, Mackey and the kick, uh, kicking field goals or anything, but actually coverage. You know, uh, it, I've never seen it become so easy for teams to do fake uh, fake punts. You know, it, just simple mistakes like this really led to the Lions' favor. And while that's not the only thing that, that kind of ruined things, but, you know, simple things kind of led to, uh, to a closer outcome than it should have been. But if you erase some of these really simple mistakes, the Rams dominated this game. But, again, this isn't something that the Rams can let go of. You know, uh, against better teams, this is going to be a much different outcome. And it's kind of a reoccurring theme that we've seen all year long. And that's, that's the biggest concern that I have. Yeah, I wouldn't say they dominated beyond special teams. The offense played great. 
it, it wasn't um, the best game I've ever seen from them, but in no, like, they hold 0% of the blame for this game being so close. They they did everything they needed to. They scored 28 points. They, uh, you know, they, they weren't perfect on every drive, but they certainly did enough to win this game and then some, especially considering who we were playing. Defensively, we were not dominant. Even with, you know, special teams, I, I have a lot to say. I feel like we haven't really gone into how insane and just silly the special teams unit has been this year. We are about to. Um, but the defense was not good, considering who we were playing. You know, you get you give up 415 total yards to the Detroit fucking Lions, man. Uh, that's not good. That's bad. Uh, that's bad. But but I want to start with the special teams, okay, Johnny. I'm just gonna <laughs> feel free to cut me off at any point in this rant. But I wrote down all the special teams mistakes in this game, uh, and I just want to run through them. And and before I even get to that, Johnny Hecker played well, and Matt Gay was lights out. Like, right? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, I feel like uh, um, Matt Hecker uh, – Matt Hecker. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm combining unit. names here. <laughs> the Matt collective a group. And Johnny Hecker. <laughs> you know what? Let's just combine them. Matt Hecker or 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 Johnny Gay or wh- wh- whatever. Let, let's combine them into one person here. No, I mean – Matt Gay and Johnny Hecker did did a fantastic job on, you know, doing kicking punts, you know, kicking field goals. There was absolutely no complaints for me there. So so the punt unit was great and the field goal unit was great. And we are sitting here saying that special teams was the reason this game was so close. When in the history of the fucking NFL <laughs> beyond maybe the 2017 Rams wildcard game have you ever said that? And considering that game was fumbles, like, wait, how? This is like it's inexcusable for me how they're bad on every single facet of special teams beyond kicking and punting. Uh, it, they start out with the onside kick, and honestly, you know what? I give them a complete pass for the onside kick. I don't know if you disagree. Uh. As I said before, Troy Reader had the absolute worst attempt at recovering an onside kick, but they weren't prepared for the onside kick, and why would they be? It was five minutes into the game. Like, for Dan Campbell to have the balls to kick an onside kick that early in the game, they, they probably, you know, it's probably the highest probability onside kick you can kick. Okay, uh... I don't know why Troy Reader suicide dived at the football like he was fired out of a cannon when it hadn't even crossed <laughs> 10 yards yet. Um, just the worst attempt at an onside kick recovery I've ever seen. But, I mean, you got like that was a, a winning football play by the Lions. And only an 0-6 team can take on the risk of that play. Like, I... I, I it, it sucks for us, but that's fine. You know what? That's fine. So they've already done one reckless thing like that. And on the same drive, the same fucking drive, they convert on a fake punt. Uh, Nick Scott, who plays a lot on the defense, uh, gets burnt on his man. Uh, he gets beat by his man. The punter throws a good pass. They get all the, well, I think it was like 17 yards or something, everything they needed to get that first down. Not good. Not good. Um, they were deep in, like, you know, the field position of that fake was field position where you should be worried about a fake first and returning the punt second. And the Rams failed. That's on the unit. That's on the coach. That's on the unit. You have to be more prepared for that. Uh, it, it's inexcusable, especially considering they just ran an outside kick. You know that they want to score points on this drive at all costs. But how many games have you seen a fake punt converted twice? I I don't recall I saw any. Me neither. Because it shouldn't happen. Once, you know, if you if you're playing 
I know this doesn't compare to the NFL, but if you're playing your friend in Madden and they run a fake punt, what like I run a four three defense and just don't return the punt. Once a fake punt occurs, you are completely prepared for another fake. You will absolutely at no cost let it happen. But the Rams were not, and later in the game in the third quarter, they direct snap to the running back, not even a pass, and they get burnt twenty eight yards. I mean. Like, that can't happen. And you're right. If this wasn't against the Lions, that would have turned the tide of the game. If that was against any team. If that was against a okay football team, that we'd be sitting here after a loss uh, because of how big those two two sequences were. Before I get to the other, like, the flip side of our return game, I, I want to give you a chance to chime in if you got any thoughts. I mean, that's just... That shit can't happen. To me, that's almost a fireable offense. And there is enough evidence in this game that we need a new special teams coordinator to me. Or he's being hampered by somebody else making questionable decisions. Uh, You know, the funny thing is we were supposed to be getting this veteran special teams coach. I forget his name even. uh, I'll be honest. And uh, I mean, just being real. Uh and, you know, he was supposed to be saving the special teams. And so far, you know, we're seven games into the season and it doesn't look any better than last year. In fact, it might even be a little bit worse. Uh, the only difference is we're no longer looking for a new kicker. Yeah. That's, Joe, that's great. Joe D. Camillus. As a whole, the special teams unit has improved. And that's A, because Matt Gay was already here and we didn't go through that crisis. Uh, And Johnny Hecker figured it out, which I don't know if that's more on Hecker or maybe it is more on the coaching. I don't know, but. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have, you know, talked about Cooper Cup returning kicks and all that at length this year. And it's been kind of silly how much time we focused on it. I felt like because it wasn't that important. But in this game, and I, I this didn't lose this game or anything, but it's just another, just more things where against a better team, stuff like this would have set us back. Johnny, when the Rams drafted Ben Skoranek, uh, uh, what is he like six three? That we thought we thought there was a chance that he could be converted to tight end, right? Yes. So how the fuck do you look at that guy and decide he should be returning kicks? What part of his game makes you think he'd be a good kick returner? He never returned kicks in college. He's probably never returned a kick in his life. I just don't understand how you look at Ben Skoranek. You just drafted Tutu Atwell in the second round of the draft for no fucking reason. And he's a guy that looks like in, in theory should be a great returner. And when he's been called upon to return punts, I thought he's been fine. I don't understand why they can't just commit to him there, but there's no world where Skoranek profiles as a returner and spoiler alert. He's a horrible returner. He didn't get to the 20 yard line on two separate kick returns. The touchback line is the 25-yard line. And he didn't even reach the 20 twice. Twice. <laughs> it, it, it just boils down to, like, 
I I don't understand this this uh, draft selection in Tutu Atwell. You know he he clearly had some some uh, you know some kind of spark that drew the interest of uh, you know Sean McVay and Les Snead and. And for whatever reason, he's not being used at all in special teams, which was by all means what many people expected his role would be. And now it's like he's it's basically just wasting a space on the roster, you know, and it it sounds horrible to say that. But, you know, there it, it still lingers in our minds you know, the potential players that the Rams could have selected. And instead, they basically aren't getting any use out of him. And what's even crazier is the Rams are getting more use out of later draft picks than what they're using for Tutu Atwell. That's insane to me. And, like, I'm not crazy. Like, his punts, like, he hasn't set the world on fire, but... There's been no punt return by him this year where you were like, where like you even like batting an eye on him doing something questionable. No, and that's kind of the other frustrating aspect of it is that it doesn't, at least that as far as I can remember, it hasn't seemed like he's been, you know, having any issues catching the football or holding on to the football. You know, he he may not be getting but I'm I'm pretty sure he can do a much better job than Ben Skoranek. Dude, I could have done a better job than Ben Skoranek. I wouldn't have <laughs> caught the football. Yeah, yeah, basically. Maybe the only <laughs> time in my life I've ever thrown out that analogy and it's been accurate. If the ball reached the end zone, I would catch it and take a knee, or more realistically, I'd muff it, but the defense wouldn't be there yet, so I could pick it up and still take a knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'd still be doing better than Vince Garon yep. did. Yeah, because we would have started the drive the twenty five yard line, not the sixteen. It just and, and the, I think the important thing to note here is that it's not a jab at Ben Skoranek at all. Because in his defense, you know, this is a guy that is never intended to be a returner. This right. is a guy that should be, you know, um, making catches in the red zone. Uh, of course, the Rams are uberly talented at wide receiver, so he may never get that opportunity unless they have, you know, significant amount of injuries. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But that's the point. Why are they using him for that situation? It, I swear, I swear, if we see uh, someone like, um, I don't know, uh, let's say, hmm, who's a, who's a good target here? If we see Joseph Nopum returning punts, I, I'm going to be really concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that, Kendall Blanton got activated. If we're just throwing fucking players out there, maybe they throw him back. I, like, I, I can't think of a, a worse player they could have thrown back there. Like, literally not out of the wide receivers, running backs, hell, even cornerbacks on the roster. There is no player that would be a worse decision than him. I, I, I kind of want to see Joe Nopum return kicks now. How did you uh, feel? <laughs> <laughs> Again, all he would have had to do is taking a knee. I, for the one punt return in this game, Deshaun Jackson was back there. Like, you can't make this shit up. Now, I will actually defend that decision because similar to Tutu Atwell, uh, you – Spent a considerable amount on this player. $5 million on Deshaun Jackson is is not nothing considering how strapped the Rams were for cash. For whatever reason, they don't want to play him on offense. So let him return punts. You know, even though he's a walking injury, you're not using him. Okay. He's one of the best punt returners in the last 15 years. If you're not going to play him on offense, let him return punts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever. In fact, I applauded them when they put in Deshaun Jackson. Certainly, is hell better than Ben Skoranek. So, yeah. um, <laughs> well, you listen, know. I, I would rather they played him on offense and didn't yes. use him on special teams. But if you're not going to play him, 
Yeah, fucking sure. Let him return punts. I mean, that's kind of what we were harping on all all off season is that yes, please don't use them for for uh, punt returning or kick returning uh, if, if you're going to use them in the offense. But that's the big key thing. If you're going to use them on offense, which so far this season it's only been one game, so fuck it, just let them return. Yeah, I. Um, I mean, just because it's a natural transition, we talked about players that would replace Johnny Mump potentially this week. We, I think we kind of both figured it would just be a shift to 11 personnel with three receivers. And not only was it that, all three of them played 94% or more of the snaps. So Van Jefferson was on the field almost the entire game. Played really well, I thought. But uh, yeah, I, I still would like to see Deshaun get 20 to 30 percent of the snaps rather than he played four uh van is good but deshaun provides something out there that the other guys don't provide or at least don't provide as well and and you know you you paid for that weapon trot him out there and it's not like a two-two out situation where he's a rookie uh very raw and you don't know if he could contribute on offense nor do we know if he ever will but with jackson you know he can I, i i just it's not something that we like not nearly the most concerning thing about the Rams, but it's just weird that they don't play him. I don't know. Uh, we could circle back to the offense, but we're, we're pretty deep in this podcast and we got to talk about the defense. Um, I know the longtime listeners are waiting for us to break down Troy Reader's performance in this game. Uh, but I think the defense as a whole and, uh, a lot of blame has been put on Raheem Morris about how this defense has been this year. And I don't know. To me, it feels more like personnel issues in this game. And correct me if I'm I'm wrong on this. The the pass rush seemed like they played well. Yeah. Like Leonard Floyd played great. Uh, It wasn't as lights out as it was against the Giants, but still solid. I'm not misremembering things, am I? No, I mean, I, I felt like pass rush was never really a huge issue. In fact, uh, one of the biggest issues or, or one of the biggest uh, plays given up uh, was, uh, I, I believe it was DeAndre Swift, who they just kind of dumped the ball off to after, uh, you know, they they had a, a blitz come out and, and try and get at golf. Uh, well, that's, that's kind of a consequence for blitz. You know, yeah. it, it was it was well executed they got to golf um but at the same time you know there is a consequence when you put out a blitz like that you're you're totally exposed and and that's what happened you know and and it was an odd play to call just because that's what golf does he that was the only thing golf did in (laughs) los angeles yeah so you know, at at that point, DeAndre Swift is a hell of a player. He all that's all he needed to do. So, in, in my opinion, it was a it was a bad call. I I wouldn't have done that because again, the, knowing Goff's specialty, you should have saw that coming. But um, you know, that's that's one play, and albeit it was a terrible play, um. That that takes away, you know, a big chunk of the the Lions' points. So uh, it, it wasn't that the um, it wasn't that the pass rush wasn't getting to golf. It was just they made stupid decisions at the wrong time here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, I'm repeating myself. Uh, <laughs> this was yeah. I I think they were solid, but I mean. And yeah, that I guess I gave Ryan Morris a pass before, but that was a suspect play call considering everything we know about Jared. His defense, he wasn't here last year. Uh, he didn't get the full Jared Goff experience. But I, I, my, I preface that because beyond the pass rush and Jalen Ramsey's existence, not the best performance from the rest of the team. And you know, you look at the numbers for these guys: DeAndre Swift, who is good. Eight catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, the bulk of that came on the 63-yard catch. Uh, also had 13 carries for 48 yards. Jamal Williams, who is 
the epitome of an average running back, 12 carries, 57 yards, average almost five yards a carry. Had a 14-yard carry, so it's not like that's bloated by a big play. Uh, that is just a productive day on the ground for that guy. Khalif Raymond had six catches for 115 yards. Uh, Khalif Raymond, a lot of listeners, I'm sure, did not know who that was until this game or last week's preview podcast. I think the biggest concern and the reason a lot of people are so critical of this performance, even though as a whole the team won, uh, they bended, they didn't fully break, but this spoon was might as well have been broken after this game. It was very bent. If you're going to let Jared Goff, Khalif Raymond, DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams do this to you, you know, what happens when you play Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones? What happens when you play Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams? When you're letting, you know, one of the worst group of skill players in the NFL, and again, DeAndre Swift is good. I think he's good. Uh, But it's still overall one of the worst skill player units in the league. When they carve you up like this, we play Tennessee in two weeks, man. That is the best running back maybe we've seen since Adrian Peterson, uh, arguably at his peak better. And when you have to go against guys like AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Devante Adams, like dominant receivers. And luckily we have Ramsey. We could throw at them, but I mean, you're lining up Robert Rochelle across the line is Julio Jones. You, You don't feel good. It's just, it's, it's a little terrifying and, we have time to figure it out, but it is certainly makes me feel like the Titans are going to hang 40 on us. Well, hopefully um, Darius Williams will be back before the Titans, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And hey, uh, even if they do, their defense is not good either. So we can hang 45 on them and win the game. But they're certainly going <laughs> to score a lot of points. At that point, I would hope that we use Deshaun Jackson, just saying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think um, even still, like, it, I I felt like uh, there were some uh, good plays defensively from uh, the pass rushers. Jalen Ramsey had a hell of a game. Um, you know, I, it wasn't just the interception, which was – a total Jared Goff interception, but um, yeah, he gave yeah. us that one. He got hit though, yeah. but even if he didn't get hit, it was a uh, a tough throw. <laughs> it was a stupid throw. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as far as Jalen Ramsey did the whole game, like he was everywhere on the field. I was like, holy shit! And man, he he really nailed Jared Goff at, at that one. I, I don't think he got yeah. the sack. But man, he he made Jared Goff feel that one. He fu- he fucking brought it, man. He he had a hell of a day. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had to give props to Jalen Ramsey there because uh, I I think that was one of his best games. Uh, I mean, it's not saying much going coming against the Detroit Lions, but um, he did kind of save the game. Yeah, he played great. I thought Aaron Donald had a good game. I thought Leonard Floyd had a great game. Uh, you know, Rap and Fuller. I, they, I, I know Fuller missed a tackle or two, but not, not, not a bad day from them. In overall, you know, it wasn't a bad day from the defense overall. But the issue is, like, if, if this was, if this same exact game happened entirely against the Packers, we'd be a lot more positive about it. The issue is to me. This is an 0 7 team with bad players carving us up. Like, it, it's it's good that they, most of the time, were able to get it together at the end of drives. They forced them, you know, bit that, that Jalen Ramsey turnover was huge. Um, they, they got it done a lot of the time, but the times they didn't, given who was across the field from us, it's just, it's, it's scary. And, they need they they need to improve. You know, it, it was a promising game for Robert Rochelle before he got hurt, but David Long was was cooked when he was out there as is usual. Um, I wasn't impressed with Nick Scott in this game, even though he did have the interception. And, and obviously, uh, 
Troy Reader in this game, like, he, he was the main inside linebacker in this game. Played 81% of the snaps. Uh, Young, I think, played around 50%. Reader had eight tackles, but he missed four. Uh, he allowed seven catches for 54 yards on seven targets. Jared Goff clearly read the scouting report, knew that this guy was barbecue chicken on pass coverage. He graded out on pro football focus as a 26.4, the worst player in the game for the Rams. Uh, so brutal. It was a really pathetic showing, one of the worst games of his career. It's amplified by the fact that we just traded the guy across from him, and now he's really going to be our focal point of the inside linebacker group. And, you know, like, you can game script around a linebacker who can't cover. Uh, you you could hide him and, and shit. You could take him off the field for passing downs. Uh, he obviously he got cooked in pass coverage, but we know that. Like we know he's bad at that. Uh, it's it's never been in his scouting support his strength. But when you're missing tackles, what's the point of him if he can't make tackles? You know, you miss four tackles. That is inexcusable for a, an inside linebacker. Missing two tackles for an inside linebacker is is tough to swallow. Their job, like their primary function, is to tackle people. Uh, it's the only position on the defense I think where that is really legitimately their most important function is to just make tackles. They're supposed to be the most reliable tacklers on the defense, and it's just you can't bench him because who are you going to bench him for? Uh, so it's like unless the guy that they're trading for or acquiring is going to be his replacement and they move up Ernest Jones to take Kenny Young's spot and I think that's going to be the better solve he's still going to be out there and you know luckily he's been better than this for the rest of the year but just to know this could happen and against this unit uh, I am terrified for how many times he fails to tackle Derrick Henry man (laughs) no doubt about that I oh man I I am very concerned, uh, unless the Rams make a move, which I suspect they will. Uh, I'm I'm very, uh, and Darius Williams can't come back fast enough. I I know he wasn't the same Darius Williams as last year, but he was still ten times better than what we've seen from David Long. So, <laughs> yeah, it, I I think I think there are better. Certainly better outcomes coming here. Uh, it's just there's a, a lot to be concerned about still. Yeah. I, he was fucking brutal in this game, man. And, you know, beyond the uh, propulsor gun onside kick attempt, uh, just come on, man. You got to tackle and – we know he can't cover, but if he can't tackle, he can't be on the field. If he if he has another game where he misses four tackles, I don't care who you replace him with. You have to replace him because what what are you getting out of him then? You know, like there's no benefit to him playing if he's not making tackles. Uh, he's a good pass rusher, but you don't need your inside linebacker to be a good pass rusher. If they can't cover and they can't tackle, then they can't play in the NFL. Like it's as simple as that. <laughs> Tough look. For our guy, Troy Reader. Um, I mean, I think we hit it all on the defense. It's luckily for the Rams, you know, you look at their remaining schedule. They play the Titans. They play the Packers. They play the Cardinals again. uh, They play the Vikings and they play the Ravens. That's about half of their games. Uh, The other games, you know, you get the 49ers twice and you get the Seahawks, but they're not playing well right now. Not scared of the Jags. You're not scared of the Texans. You know, um, you're not you're not scared of the Seahawks really anymore. It's um, you know they they could drop all five of those tough games and they're still gonna make the playoffs. But the issue is a you want to keep winning. B if you want to want to win the division, Cardinals are seven and zero. You got to start winning some fucking football. Like well, you're gonna, they're winning football games, but you need to win games that. You're not expected to win, and you can't lose any games that you're expected to win. Um, so they really need to run the table and can't afford many losses if they if they want to win the division, considering how good the Cardinals are. Of- offensively in this game, honestly, I don't really have any notes on the offense. It, it was a good game. 
maybe not great, but very good. Um, Stafford was sharp for the most part. He didn't miss much. Um, Cooper Cup, it, it continues to be fucking unbelievable. Having one of the literally one of the best starts to a season in NFL history could like if he keeps it up, he'll probably win Offensive Player of the Year. And if he keeps up this pace, he's a long shot MVP candidate. It's a very long shot, but you know if he ends a season with like nearly two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns, that's as good of a case there will ever be for a wide receiver to win MVP. I mean, I, I hope he can keeps that pace up, man. Uh, but from the looks of it, man, he ain't slowing down, and and uh, it's it's hard. Um, he's he's such an interesting, fascinating wide receiver to watch, just because of you know he, he's never been that kind of receiver that specializes in any certain area. He's just an all around good wide receiver. He has a you know. He's a very intelligent player. He's a very elusive for somebody who isn't super fast. Um, it's it's kind of interesting watching how this guy unfolds and becomes that big threat. But, uh, yeah, um, not a whole lot to, to note here because I felt like the offense did their job for the most part. There was a couple of, you know, plays that they probably wish they could have had back but uh, overall I, they they did what they had to do it was just getting them the ball and you know when you have <laughs> two uh fake punts that you know doesn't give them the ball back that's uh, that's pretty bad <laughs> but yeah. um if yeah if they punted on both those possessions it's probably a, a blowout um, yeah. So yeah, it was Stafford was good. Um, you know, Brian Allen probably the weak point of the offense in this game, but he he's been good enough this year that we we can give him a pass today. Uh, if he does it next week, we'll we'll rag on it, but we'll give we'll give our guy Brian Allen a pass. Um, Van Jefferson's touchdown was insane. That was a great catch, great throw. Just yeah, man. It's not if they play like this every game. We're going to be fine. Um, To Cooper Cup, though, I don't think he's going to slow down either. I can't imagine they stop throwing him the ball this much. Like, will he reach 20 touchdowns? I don't know. Players naturally regress touchdown-wise because it's it's a volatile stat unless you're a running back who's getting handed off the ball every time you're at the two-yard line. But, shit, man, yardage-wise... He's going to get close to the record, I think, if not pass it. And he has an extra game to do it. Yeah, that's that's true. I didn't even factor that in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's it for the game. We got Houston this week. The Texans are – I spent so much time in my prep for this podcast dissecting the special teams performance that I haven't looked at the Texans. They have been horrible with Davis Mills at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> if you look at their scores from the last five games, 24 to nine loss, 40 to nothing loss, 25 to 22 loss, 31 to three loss, 31 to five loss. They have scored eight points over the last two games. Um, if Tyrod Taylor is back and he's he's returning to practice this week, I, I, you know, I hope for that man's sake because he's gotten injured at the most inopportune times this year. I hope they just don't make him come back for this game. For our sake as a team, not that we'd lose if he plays, and for his sake. Um, but I will say this. I don't know if it's true. If he doesn't play and the Rams lose this game, it is as bad, if not worse, as losing to the Jets last year. Because this team is better than they were last year. And the Texans, quarterback by Davis Mills right now, are as bad, if not worse, than the Jets were last year. I think that's fair. Yeah, I for sure think that's fair. And uh, for the record, I would be terrified for Tyrod Taylor. I, I mean, Aaron Donald is not someone you want to go up against. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I I think whether it's Tyrod Taylor or David Mills, I think the Rams, in theory, should dominate the game, though they should have dominated against the Lions. So, <laughs> we'll see. I I don't know. Maybe the Lions exposed a huge weakness for the Rams, and every team is going to try and, and uh, you know, do some fake punts every game against the Rams. Why not? I, I Yeah, and, and I mean, the Lions clearly had motivating factors to win that game. A, they were defeated, and B, you know, it's Jared Goff's return. You know, you want you want to go out there and win that game. Everyone's fired up. Lions, the Texans don't have motivation in this game, you know, besides just pulling off an upset. They got their win for the year, so they won't live in infamy. They're they're just developing players. They're bad. They're they're throwing shit all at the wall, seeing what sticks. I would be sh- absolutely fucking floored if we got the effort from them this week that we got from the uh, Lions last week. Um, and like, man, they're so bad with like beyond that first game against Jacksonville. Ever since Davis Mills has taken over, their offense has just been a, an absolute fucking train wreck. Davis Mills is completing 65% of his passes, 6.1 yards uh, per pass, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. It's not entirely his fault. The offense is devoid of talent. They uh, have the 30th best rushing attack in the NFL, led by Mark Ingram. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks is good, but literally if you just throw Jalen and shadow coverage on Cooks, I think you're fine. Nobody else is a real concern. I don't hate Nico Collins, but he hasn't really played. So if this team has a stellar offensive performance, then honestly we're fucking doomed. If Davis Mills trots out on the field and their running attack plays well and they can move the ball consistently, we're toast. We're fucking toast. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. If Mark Ingram runs all over us, oh man, this is going to be interesting season. Yeah, if Davis Mills starts this game, I think the Rams win thirty eight to six. And if Tyrod starts, I think the Rams win thirty five to fourteen. What, what do you? Wow, think? you're 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 not giving a. Texans a uh, chance at all, do you? Dude, no. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i pretty much right there with you. Uh, I, I'd like to say that the Rams are going to get into the 40s and 50s, and if you would have asked me in the offseason if they could get that, I don't recall what I said in the offseason, but um, I probably would have gone up to the 40s. But it seems like Sean McVay doesn't like to run up the score at all. Like, pretty much once the Rams have a comfortable lead, they just kind of sit on it. Um, so, that being said, I'm going to say that the Rams are going to win 42-7. Uh, to 7. And the only reason why is because I feel like they're that bad. They're they're horrible, man. It's either them or the Jets for the worst team in the league. Even though the Lions are own seven, I think they're better than both of those teams. I mean, it's entirely possible. Uh, <laughs> the Jets are pretty bad, though. And the the Jets, so they did they they beat the Titans somehow. Uh, they did, you know. And then this week they lost fifty four to thirteen to the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think the Texans are definitely worse than them, and I definitely think they're worse than the Lions. Uh, all right. That was a long, but uh, that was a fun show. You got any final thoughts? Eh, nah, not really. Uh, I I was glad that the Rams didn't let me down because, uh, man, it was it was a rough rough week for your for LA fans. You know, Dodgers not not winning the World Series or not going on to the World Series, I should say. And then uh, uh, if you're into college football, UCLA. Barely lost to the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, not. Uh, it was just. And then, of course, the Lakers and that whole. Uh, whole. Whole part of the season. Yeah. 
Uh, they did get a win against the Grizzlies, though, so there's a, there's that. Hey, at least USC played well. No one gives a damn about the Trojans. I, it's a joke. They got blown out by Notre Dame. Oh, did they? Okay, well, like I said, no one gives a damn about the Trojans. <laughs> hey, that... I I used to be a diehard USC fan. I went to uh, Marquette, and they didn't have a football team, so my love just kind of faded. But I come around once a year to like them when they play Notre Dame so I could talk shit to my buddy that went there and every year they they let me down <laughs> Steve the fact that you were you're a casual USC uh USC fan you're kind of dead to me now <laughs> I play I played Pop Warner for the Danbury Trojans so that's that's how I became a fan my dad played for the Danbury Vikings. He became a Vikings fan. His life's been miserable ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you're not. At Cervero, at TalkRams, at johnny 6 Check out TickPick if you haven't, TickPick.com. And we'll talk to you guys next week for the love of God after a victory. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com